Welcome to Connecting with Film, Bonding Over the Big Screen. This week, Eternals. Welcome to Connecting with Film, Bonding Over the Big Screen, the short weekly podcast where we choose a popular film to break down on a thematic level. We share how these films relate to us and discuss questions that can help you engage in more movie-based, meaningful conversations. Today we're talking about Eternals, featuring uh, a large cast of well-known actors um, with uh, arguably Gemma Chan in the lead as Cersei. Um, and Richard Madden as Icarus, the male lead. And then, of course, we have Angelina Jolie, Selma Hayek, Kit Harington, and uh, I'm going to say his name wrong probably, but uh, Camille, who plays Kingo, the finger gun guy, hilarious, uh, and so many more. You know what? You don't even have to... Man, I'm just going to say a different thing because all of these names are so hard. Um and so many other wonderful actors whose names I will say uh, totally wrong. Um, but a big cast, family of 10. Uh, the director is Chloe Zhao. And the writers are Chloe Zhao, Patrick Burley, and Ryan Furpo. This podcast, as you know, is full of filmmakers. I'm Derek, a screenwriter. And with me today is director Paul. Howdy. Uh, and Sweet Perry. Hello. <laughs> Mel is still not with us today as she has just had a wonderful baby boy. Uh, so starting to talk about this movie, I think one of the biggest things that was super exciting is just how diverse the cast is. Uh, I, I think that was a big thing that they wanted to do in this movie and they succeeded. We've got a lot of different ethnicities represented. Uh, there is a uh, a deaf character who speaks through sign, which is something we haven't really seen in the Marvel universe. Um, so yeah, just a, a really great diverse cast, and and even a character who is struggling with mental illness um, as part of the ensemble. So I think there's a lot of great things they're touching on. Uh, Paul, what's a what's a scene in this movie you really enjoyed? Um, there there's a few scenes I really enjoyed um, at the end of the film. And they're talking about the different reasons why different characters took different paths. I found that really interesting. You kind of have the same situation happen in two different characters, but yet they each went different ways. And it really affect um, the relationship um, between the two characters. So, warning, spoilers all over the place oh, spoilers here. Spoilers for the whole podcast forever. Yes, but uh, the between the two main characters, they were together. And then kind of their boss, the celestial being that put them on Earth to take care of the deviants, um, the, the bad things on this planet. Mm -hmm. They were in a romantic relationship for a while. And then as some information comes out, you start to see um, the characters see that same information but respond to it completely differently. What information does it take for different people to believe in different things? So I, I found that, that scene quite interesting. Yeah, the drama between Cersei and Icarus, probably the core 
core drama of the whole movie. What about you, Perry? Uh, I think my favorite scene, um, it's kind of hard because there's a lot of scenes that were not my favorite, but my favorite scene, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I'll say there's this fight, uh, there's this fight kind of right after they're, they're getting most of the gang back together mm-hmm. and they're on the search for Druig, I think is his name. Yeah. Uh, and he controls people's minds basically because they're hoping that this guy can control the mind of a celestial or like put it to sleep and um, they find him and the deviants also happen to find them. And so there's this, there's this fight there and I just love everything that happens in this scene because of how, like, it's just so funny with, um, oh, the characters, uh, hold on, hold on. Karoon? K- uh, Kingo and... Yeah, Karoon, I think, is his And Karoon? Or Karun. Yeah. I'm a, I might not be saying it right. The assistant yeah. character. They're so funny. Ka- yeah, yeah. Karoon, Kingo's valet with the camera. Yeah, everything goes on. He just, like... In a fight scene, he like charges up an energy ball and blows up a deviant, and then he's like, "Did you get that?" <laughs> and his assistant's like, "I did, sir." <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that was also my know. favorite moment in the whole film. Is is that? It was so funny. Yeah. It was there was like, a lot of funny stuff going on in this yeah. like ten minute segment. Yeah. Of course, like right before this, if I remember right, it's like going through every single character's emotional identity crisis like Mm -hmm. in a row and i was like dragging i'm like oh there's just so many different conversations going on but and then it it gives us a nice little funny comedic scene and action-packed scene after that so i will say um i think we all saw this in the theater the theater i went to to go see by far the highlight was uh, a little appearance by harry styles that the the theater went crazy. I almost I leaned over to my wife and said, "Look at all the people who paid just to see a trailer of Harry Styles." So <laughs> that was uh, that was quite interesting. But that was by far the highlight oh, for the whole for the theater. Audience. They just went crazy. Hey, Harry Styles has always been able to put butts in seats, you know. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh man, that is so funny. Um, yeah, I actually didn't. Rec- I am not familiar with the Styles. Um, <laughs> so I was like that happened everybody cheered I was like what's going on guys I don't get it <laughs> who's this Marvel character I've never heard of why is everyone excited um, but yeah uh, Perry you just a second ago you were talking about like going through everyone's emotional drama and stuff and I, I think like a lot of the emotional drama in this film comes from the big themes playing out um, so let's talk about the themes I think obviously the biggest one family because we've got a family sent to Earth on a mission, uh, and then as the movie progresses, we get conflict in the family, um, and the seemingly uh, central point of that conflict, uh, at least in my mind, is another theme, which is purpose or uh, religion, um, in a sense, in that these Eternals have a very singular purpose they're sent to the earth to fulfill by uh you know the celestial who is essentially like a a god type figure um and so they have their directions that they're following their their purpose or religion given to them by this god um and then they get down on the planet and they start mucking around and 
it turns out they're starting to feel like maybe that's not the thing that they want to do. Um, and so that leads to some big, big conflict in the family, um, which then, you know, carries on throughout the film as we learn more and the stakes are raised higher and higher. It's still kind of that same conflict in the family of do we do what we were created to do or do we do what we think is right? Um, yeah, and it's really dramatized. Uh, what are some of the themes that you guys picked up on? Uh, one thing that I think that's kind of tricky about Eternals is the way it just seems like every character kind of has their own theme. And so I think it's kind of easy to get for some of these to get lost. Like, um, like it feels like there's for Cersei, it's like the idea of being chosen as a group leader. And then Sprite, it's like the desire of something she can't have. And Icarus is the conflict of of uh of a purpose like you said purpose that like to to fulfill a mission but but burden of like trying to figure out if it's right and you know every single one of these characters has something and so it can kind of get lost on you um the some of the biggest themes i think in a lot of these little ones that get thrown at you but i will say uh one of the ones that stuck out was just trusting each other trusting family trusting your mission, uh, your purpose, like you said, Derek, I mean, that word has already popped up in a couple times. Um, yeah, I think with Ajak being the leader and it's, it's set up in a lot of the flashbacks that they are supposed to trust her because she was chosen by the celestial to be the leader. She is the only one who can communicate with their celestial and she's great, basically right? God like, figure. She's really and loving, she's great. Kind. She is. She yeah. can't really fight, so that's a problem. Yeah, but she, she's like a mother figure. Yeah, yeah. She's like a she heals people, nurturing yeah. mother who cares for everyone and yeah. leads them. Yeah, so that's kind of what I was thinking. Is like, yeah, just this idea of like, do we trust our mission? Do we trust like? I mean, later when Cersei is chosen by Ajax to be the next leader and the person who can communicate with their celestial god thing, and everybody's like, you know, do we trust her? Do we trust that Ajax chose her to be the leader or do we go and follow Icarus because he's the strongest and he should have been the leader? So um, a lot of that conflict plays out between the characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with you guys on those themes. Um, I guess I would add one other thing for Cersei. She has this uh, gift and of uh, turning things into uh, other rocks things. or turning other items into uh, changing the, the elemental structure of things. Um, and so at the beginning, she's doing smaller things and she doubts whether she can do things on a bigger magnitude. And throughout the film, we see her growing. And even as they're getting ready for the big battle, there are some other people um, on her side who are like, are you sure you can do this? Are you sure you can handle it? And then they gather everyone together and it's only with, which I find kind of interesting because other Avenger movies, everybody is needed and everyone plays a really valuable part. But in this Avenger, in this movie, not Avenger movie, but this yeah. movie, it's okay that some people are not there, which, which I found kind of interesting. So you need more than one person, but you don't need everybody and everyone got all their power together and sent it right to, um, Cersei and she was able to turn this um, big thing that was coming out of the earth and turn it into a rock. So there was something there about um, do you believe in yourself? Do you have confidence in your in your own ability? And um, 
almost, uh, I think one theme is we probably as humans, as individuals, we have the potential to do a lot, uh, a, a lot more greater things, but we really, our self doubt really holds us back a lot. Mm. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a big one that maybe I didn't pick up on. I think one other thing that I'm now thinking about now, like after talking about it is the idea of conviction. Mm. Cause I'm, I'm thinking about like these, this group was all sent to do a mission by their celestial leader who they believed in and they they all wanted to be servants of this uh this guy celestial i don't remember his name but we're just calling him the celestial and at some point they when they learn his true intentions uh many of them are convicted that that this that his intentions are not good that he is not a good leader not a good person to be serving and they didn't want to serve him anymore battling with inner convictions of like do i follow the mission i've been given or is it not right mm-hmm. so yeah i think someone might have been mentioned it earlier but purpose where where do we as individuals um get our purpose where did the characters get their purpose and what was the governing force there because that that was the separation between the two main characters and and why they ended up splitting and fighting on opposite sides right yeah icarus was convinced that he the right thing to do was stick to what uh the celestial i think it's arashim um had told them to do even though he arashim hadn't been forthcoming initially with their purpose and it seemed like the Eternals were being manipulated um, and lied to by having their memories taken away um, and all of this stuff. Icarus still thinks this is the way that we have value and purpose and the right thing to do. And he is so convicted that he's like willing to do anything for it. Um, he's uh, a fanatic, you could say. Um, so there's definitely a lot of power in like what you believe, like, like Paul was saying earlier, like Cersei needed to believe in herself more, um, to then have this power over to turn the celestial that was coming out of the earth into stone, um, which is great. And we see on the other hand, Icarus is wielding the power that the immense power he already has with extreme, like, uh, deadliness and, and force and intent um, because he believes so strongly in this other thing that he's basically not willing to question. Um, the other characters spend a lot of time questioning it, and I, I think that perhaps Icarus is the only one who is just totally against the idea of even talking about it. He's like, here's what we're doing, this is the right thing, and he's dead set. Um, so I think, I, I guess also one of the things the movie does is just kind of shows the danger of of being having a really closed mind and not willing to consider everything. But I mean, you could make the argument that, you know, maybe creating billions of new life is worth it. Who knows? Um, and you know, in the Marvel verse though, humans are everywhere. They're, they're all over, but in the real verse, <laughs> I mean, who knows? I don't know what's out there. There could be more humans. I'm, I'm done. I'm going to, I'm going to talk yeah, about let's questions move, let's now. Let's move to questions. Yeah. <laughs> Great transition. Yeah. Hey, Perry, what's a what's a question you would try to ask somebody about this movie if you wanted to talk <laughs> to them about it? 
Yeah, I can basically think of two questions, I think. Is there anybody in your life that you would trust to follow, like that you would trust no matter what they told you to do? Is there anybody in your life and why? What does that look like? And then I think just a more, like to just keep going on that, it's like, have you ever had a time, like experienced a time when you knew that you were asked to do something, uh, but you felt a conviction that it wasn't right? Mm-hmm. How about you, Derek? Do you have a question? Oh, do I? Uh, my first question, how much did you love that CGI? Am I right? <laughs> that was, there's a lot of CGI in the movie. I almost considered listing it as one of the themes. But my real question, though, is uh, if your family lived for 7,000 years, or, or maybe just if your family lived for 1,000 years, do you think you'd be closer to them or more distant? I really like that. That's a good question. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I have no idea how that would work out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess if you've lived that long, you are like totally bound to have some kind of identity crises. Oh, yeah. Multiple, right? Definitely. I'd be intrigued to find out um, a point in time in someone's life where they thought they were doing something that was right, and then they learned that it was wrong and how they handled it. So I think I tried to ask a question that would get to that. Cool. Well, there's some questions. Um Thanks for joining us this week as we talked about the Eternals, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one. Bye.